rid of all the sickness. Man, if you're like me, I have done laundry for the past seven days and like a lot of laundry every day <laughs> to get the germs away. Y'all know I love to podcast so much and I started it because there were so many of my friends' stories that I felt like needed to be shared. And most of the friends that you hear, the, the girls that I talk to, are my personal friends. But then there's sometimes when I get to chat with somebody that I don't know in real life, but I've found them on Instagram or I follow them. But always, always know that whoever I have on here, I love their work. I am passionate about what I feel like they are passionate about. And I want you to hear their story. So, my guest today is Katie Orr. Katie Orr is the creator of the Focus 15 Bible Study Method. She is passionate about equipping busy women to experience God daily. An enthusiastic and dedicated teacher and speaker, she is a podcaster and prolific writer for blogs, magazines, and Sunday school curriculum. A former crew, Campus Crusade for Christ staff member, and mother to three young children, she and pastor husband Chris serve together in the local church. Head to her website, katieor.me, to learn more about Katie and how you can enjoy deep Bible study in as little as 15 minutes a day. And even as I was re-listening, as I was in the editing process, I really started taking to heart the things that she taught me in that study of everyday peace, and I took a passage of scripture, and I am going through it, just like the Focus 15. I'm doing it on my own. So it's just a different way to study the Bible, and I just am excited that she's joining me for today's episode. You are going to love it, and you're going to love Katie. So here's our conversation. All right, so welcome to the podcast, Katie. Hey, Ren. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) I know you'll have a move coming up, so I really appreciate your time right now. Yeah, it doesn't seem real yet. It does. It will <laughs> it feels, quickly, won't it? It will. Yeah, it will soon because it's next week. But mm. it's, uh, you know, life goes on. So you still have to do the things that you got to do plus move. And so anyway, I'm just kind of ignoring the moving part right now. <laughs> so y'all are in and Kentucky and where are y'all going? We are moving to Florida. Okay. Um, Grand Island. It's northwest of Orlando. Okay, great. So, yeah. That'll be really pretty weather. Yeah, we're looking forward to getting out of the 20 degree weather. I think yes. it is outside right now. Uh, 32, sorry. Yes. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> now we will miss, it's so beautiful up here and mm. we will certainly miss our church and friends and church family, you know, just it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet. Mm. But well, we're looking forward to what God has for us in Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I want to tell you how I first came to hear about Katie Orr and your mm-hmm. Focus 15 Bible Studies. Um, I listened to the God-Centered Mom podcast with Heather McFadden, and she had mm-hmm. you on her podcast a few years ago. And um, she mentioned your Focus 15 Bible Studies that you had written. And I was like, what is this? I need to know more about this. <laughs> uh-huh. It was very intriguing. And so I researched it. I researched you. I started following you on Instagram. And then... I got one of your studies, Everyday Peace. And mm-hmm. so if somebody's out there that doesn't even know what this is, can you explain that to them a little bit? Yes. Uh, okay. So it is basically a Bible study method, but it is designed to give us the most bang for our buck. <laughs> I guess that's the best way I can say it because yeah. I uh, kind of the story, be- part of the story behind it is that, um, well, let me say it this way. I think most of us, are either, if we don't have regular Bible study or if we feel 
Like we don't know what to do when it comes to studying the Bible on our own. It's typically because either we don't have the tools or we feel like we don't have the time to use those tools. Mm. And I've been in both camps. I, I did not have the tools. I wanted to get, I wanted to connect with God in a deeper way. And I, I knew deep down that that meant getting in his word, like opening it for myself and reading it. And mm-hmm. um, I'm so grateful for devotionals and they kept me afloat for a long time and I learned from them, but I wanted more. I wanted more. And I think every believer, that's a natural next step. Yes, We want more because we, whether or not we can articulate it, we want to go to the well for ourselves, so to speak. You know, we want to be able to go to the well of water. If we want to say that that is the Bible or that is experiencing God, we want to be able to go there and dip out the water for ourselves and drink it and not necessarily have somebody else do it for us. Yes. It's just part of growing up. Mm -hmm. Part of growing up is Christian. And so I wanted that, but then I tried to open my Bible and read it. And I was so frustrated because I didn't know what I was reading or Mm. I, I just... You know, every once in a while I'd read it and be like, oh, I understand that. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I'd stick in the Psalms usually because yeah. <laughs> there's usually stuff in there that is yeah. encouraging. And, right. And it's so good. And he is so good to speak to us even if we don't have the tools. Mm. But just like a child, uh, a toddler is only going to grow so much if they stay on the pureed food. They're not going to grow the way that they should. And so mm. anyway, so that's where... One camp that I have been in and that I have seen lots and lots of both men and women, but I mostly speak, you know, uh, minister to women, yeah. um, where we're, we get stuck. We don't know what to do. But mm-hmm. then I um, got involved in Campus Crusade in college and learned a ton of Bible study tools. I didn't realize they were inductive Bible study tools at the time, which mm-hmm. means inductive means we're going to go to the Bible. We're going to read it. We're going to observe and look at what's there. And then we're going to interpret and apply. And you can't, you have to have all those. You can't just read and then apply, which is what I was wanting to do. Mm, you have to yeah. do the work to understand context, understand, um, lot, you know, lots of stuff just even, but I, I think part of it too is, is how we are trained to read and our expectations of that. And we, mm. we have that expectation of, I can open this, I can read it, I can understand it, and then I can apply it. But that's just not true. The Bible is a complex book. Mm. Just like we couldn't open up Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> Most of us, you know, cannot open up Shakespeare and have any sort of idea of what is going on, not just because of the different type of language, but the nuances and the, mm-hmm. that it's so deep. Mm-hmm. It, there's so many levels mm-hmm. and the word is even more so true. Right. There's so many level, levels. And so it's a masterpiece, but we need to gather some expertise in order to understand it. So anyway, I learned those and my spiritual life just shot through the roof. I mean, mm-hmm. it was such a greenhouse effect there in college. Um, and, but then, you know, several, several years later, um, in my mid twenties and I started having kids mm-hmm. and then like all that stuff went out the door, you know, mm-hmm. then I was in this place mm-hmm. where I knew what to do. I had all the tools in my uh-huh. tool belt right. for Bible study, yeah. but then I felt like my brain just didn't work anymore. I felt like <laughs> I didn't have the time, even though deep down I knew I had the time. I just right. had a hard time making it work. And then when mm-hmm. I would sit down in front of the Bible, 
you know, there's distractions, the baby's uh-huh. crying, the toddler's throwing milk, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, they're supposed to be napping, they wake up, it's like all mm. your plans are, oh, you don't, you just don't have control over your schedule right. the way Anymore. you do, for me, when, you know, when I was single and I enjoyed just right. hours in the word and yes. I had flexibility to just control my environment and so right. suddenly I couldn't control my environment mm-hmm. Yeah. and so these, all these tools that I thought had to be used a certain way that tended mm-hmm. to take a ton of time. Mm-hmm. It made me really evaluate and pare down and simplify and back to what I said to begin with, which of these give me the most bang for my buck. Mm. You know, That's like right. if I only have, and I wasn't thinking of it in 15 minute segments at that time, but if right. I only just, you know, the baby's going to leave me alone for 10 minutes, what <laughs> right. can I do? What, what, which of these things that I've been using for years do I actually enjoy doing? Like really, really enjoy doing because it. I learn from them. And right. so that was kind of the, the birth of the mm-hmm. Focus 15 method and seeing that so many other women were in the same boat, uh, mm-hmm. just utilizing that. And it's just really evolved over time into what it is now, which is a Bible study method. This is a very long answer. To no, you are fine. I love it. No, it is. It's, it's good. It's in depth. I like it. So it that is just trying to make it transferable, trying to make mm. it something memorable and that you can do again and again and become good at to the point where you don't even have to think about what to do because it becomes natural. Like, natural. like those things pop up. Mm. Um, mm. And so they just kind of naturally pop up without you asking the questions in your head. So anyway, that's what the Focus 15 method is big picture. Mm-hmm. Um as we look at the details of what it is, I like to think of them as like putting on a different pair of glasses each time we come to the word. Mm. And so we are so trained to ingest, 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 like quantity, quantity. Mm. Um, And I really like to flip that on its head instead of trying to say, okay, this week, how much can I get into the word? Like Mm. how many verses can I get through? How many, Mm -hmm. how many things can I read? Instead of that, let's just take one passage, like 10 verses, three verses, you know, Mm -hmm. and go over it again and again and again over a week and see the quality instead of the quantity in our Bible Mm. study. And each day we look at the same passage, but we put on different classes is kind of how I like to Think well, of it. and I love that. I love that each day is something you read it, but then each day you break it down. And I love that because the scripture that you used in the Focus 15 Everyday Piece, you know, I remember those truths that I learned through that study because it was that one passage that I could, you know, continually go back to. And I memorized it after, you know, four weeks of it, I was able to memorize it and then I could um, put into practice the things that I learned from that. So I love that it's broken down like day one, you read it. It's the foundation. Yeah. What's day mm-hmm. two? Day two is um, observation. And really, I do this seminar, you know, in conferences all the time. I actually have it on my my website too. And I, I like to say that like observation really could take weeks in some passages. Oh, you know, sure. we, just, sure. we just do it in one day. Right. And, and in all of my studies... I kind of like to think of them like training wheels, you know, like, because mm. what my, one of my biggest goals for the Bible study is, yes, I want you to learn about everyday peace, for example. I mean, there's so much in Philippians 4 mm. that's so practical for mm-hmm. our lives, especially as women. Yes. <laughs> Relational discord and discontentment and anxiety. I mean, there's right. so much there for us that we need to apply to our lives. Yes. And so I hope that we come to God's word and leave changed. But my biggest hope, 
is that you learn how to study the Bible for yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think those those truths that are hard won, you know, those truths that we've dug out ourselves with our own two hands, mm-hmm. they're going to mean more. They're mm-hmm. going to... They do. They, they, they feel... Cl- they don't mean more. I mean, they, they, they do. I, I think they're, they're just more uh, individualized, I guess. Yes. Yeah. They're like, they're closer... Because they're just, they're the same truth, whether or not our pastor tells us right. or our friend tells us. But right. it's different when, when we feel like God has spoken them directly to us. Absolutely. Because he has, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I think it's that process of studying it that gives mm. us that ah moment. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. I know that's what we want. That's all, that's what we want. We want to, we want to feel, I guess as women, even though we should be driven by our emotions. But, you know, God's given us our emotions. And I think when we feel like God has whispered those like in our ear, mm. they're so much dearer than if mm. they've been just shouted at us from a friend or something. So that's true. That's true. Anyway, so all that say, I'm the queen of really long answers to things that should be short. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good because I think I think everybody, you know, when you first hear about it, you're like, okay, what is that? But it's really mm-hmm. like you said, it is a training tool to show you. So then now you can take it. The people that read it that that go through yeah. it, they can take it and study the Bible for themselves. And I love that. That's your really your purpose. I mean, I love yeah. the study, and I learned so yeah. much from the study. Um, but I love that especially that you can take any passes of scripture and take it and do the focus 15 in 15. Obviously, if you want to go more than 15, obviously there's more. I love that you put in there like for deeper study. And I love that because you can go deeper if there's a day when you, you know, want to go delve deeper than you can. And then if there's some that you only have the 15 minute window when kids are up or whatever, then that's okay too. But it's just getting into the word. And I've been reading um, Kat Lee's book, Hello Mornings. And that's what Mm -hmm. her, her kind of goal is. I saw you wrote the, one of the, um, not forward, but whatever you call it. Endorsement. Endorsement. Mm -hmm. Um, And how that is, um, you know, if we don't do anything and start our mornings the right way or in God's word, even for 15 minutes, what are we going to do? If we, yeah. we feel like we can't do an hour, well, we're just not going to do anything. Well, no, yeah. that's, I mean, that that's definitely a lie from, from the devil saying that you can't do an hour. Well, just don't do anything. What? Exactly. So that's why I love that Catley's book and also your book of the Focus 15 method that, you know, let's give God that. 15 minutes or more if you have it and just mm-hmm. delve into his word and see what he has for you. And by doing it through, you know, yourself doing it. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love cats. Um, she's just such a coach and a cheerleader and, but she's also very, very practical and she's always such been a big person on habit. Mm. And it's so because like the power of habit. And I think that's a lot of what she talks about in Helen mornings, but the, um, the habit sometimes, and I think about this even, and that was part of my transition into motherhood that was hard, is I had had the habit mm-hmm. of regular time with God, but because outside forces suddenly were changing my schedule, mm-hmm, and as I've learned, you know, I think just as we get older and our, whether or not we're moms, like, are just, there's just more responsibilities that we have, and so therefore there's more variables, there's more factors that go into our schedule. And unless we're some, you know, big professional, like, executive where we have so many people that we can delegate to and truly, and and guards, people guarding our schedule instead of taking from it, Mm. none of us can really, and I would say even probably them, you know, none of us can control our 
schedule as much as we would like. And so all that to say that that habit is so easily lost Mm -hmm. because of all those variables. Mm -hmm. And so we, I I feel, you know, we all want to go to God's word. Like I said, we want to go to God's word and, and hear from him. We want to experience God. And, but we can't, we have to build the habit first. And sometimes just the, even if we're not getting, even if we feel like we're not getting anything out of it, there is so much power in showing up for a month, even if it's just five minutes, Mm -hmm. showing up every day or, you know, as much as we can and developing that habit because the habit is then going to lead Mm -hmm. to this place where it's just natural. Mm -hmm. And so then we can focus more on the understanding. Then we can focus more on the Bible study tools. Then we can focus more on really trying to under, yeah, just trying to understand what are we reading? What are we studying? And then that will finally lead to the worship, the, 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 the hearing, hearing from the Lord. And so again, he breaks in, <laughs> he always breaks in and we hear, we can hear from him, even if we're not in a good habit of mm. the word. And even if we don't have all the Bible study tools, but I will say that it happens much more often mm. when we are saying, God, I want to be with you and this is yes. hard, but I'm going to try. Yes. And over time, those little bitty decisions do end up being a habit. And then that mm. habit becomes our default. And when it's our default, then our energy can be spent somewhere else, you know, in the word instead of trying to get up or trying to fight for that moment. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. Okay. So you've written this one and then you just had a new book come out um, of a study that you wrote with your husband called Philippians. Tell us about that. So, uh, before Philippians, there were five studies. They're all everyday studies. Everyday peace, faith, hope, love, and obedience. Um, they are four-week studies and designed to give you kind of that quick win. Like, that's really one of the, you know, I really, I think that's part of the 15 minutes. That's why they're four weeks. So we can get that quick win. We can be like, I did this, you know, mm-hmm. like I can do right. this. It's Because sometimes if they're super long, we just, again control of our schedules we don't always have it but so four weeks quick win but the philippian study and the ones to come afterwards have always kind of been the long-term goal for me is for people to be able to pick up the word and go through a book of the bible and just study it from start to finish Mm -hmm. and so philippians is a six-week study now you're not going to be able to study all the philippians in six weeks but what we have done is taken the kind of the top six, you know, kind of the meteor passages in Mm -hmm. Philippians. If you're only going to study, you know, a certain number of verses, like these are the ones that you want to study. And it uses the same exact method Mm, is the focus 15 method. And so we're going to take a chunk of scripture. We're going to look at it different ways for five days and um, study through Philippians. But there's also like, I don't know, 10 bonus weeks or something like that. So if you are more of um, seasoned in Bible study and you would like to study from Philippians 1 to 4, I think it's 23, you could do that. Okay. Uh, and we've given you the structure because that's, I think, another thing. All these studies I've always thought about what has kept me from getting in the Word and staying in the Word. Okay. Mm-hmm. Usually the barrier, you know, forgetting the word is these kinds of things that we've talked about, habit and time. But then what about the things that keep me from going? Like, why do I stop? 
And for me, it was because I felt like I wasn't doing it right, or I felt stupid, or or it just was too long. I felt like I was always getting behind. Mm -hmm. And so this is why they're designed the way that they are. And I have even cheat sheets in in, in there, which... I yeah. love the cheat sheets because you just want to make sure you're on the right track here. Yes. Yeah. They're not going to tell you what to think or what to do, but it's yes. like, you know, there might be a chart that says, look for truths about God and, and, and go, you know, I'm, I want you to go look about truths about God. I'm not going to tell you about all of them, right. you know, but I want you to go do that. And so after you have done that at the end of the week, then we have these cheat sheets. So you can kind of go, okay, yeah, I'm on the right track. I, I'm doing it right because I kept finding myself with some of these workbook studies going, I don't know what she wants me to write here. <laughs> and it's totally missing the point. Because right. it's not about right. what the Bible study writer wants you to do. Right. It's, it's this is for you to enjoy and yes. for you to connect with God. And so, right. anyway, so that's the, the cheat sheet. So, so good. Are you just loving hearing from Katie? I hate to interrupt, but I wanted to tell you about today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Meredith Design & Company. Stacey Meredith is a local freelance graphic designer with a background in advertising, print, and web design. She has been part owner of two stationary companies, and she has taught graphic design at the college and high school levels. On any given day, you might find her polishing a PowerPoint presentation, rebranding a local business, creating a brochure, designing a website, or lettering a custom invitation. She often joins forces with her husband, J.D., who has an equally amazing but different set of skills, including video, photography, and illustration. For all of your design needs, you can find Stacy on Instagram at Meredith Design Co. or go to her website at MeredithDesignCo.com. All right, back to the show. Okay, so you have three kids, right? Yes, so your husband you might have is... just heard them upstairs. Oh. Did you hear? <laughs> no, yeah. I don't. I didn't I, hear. I don't know where it was like this burst of laughter and screaming and who knows what. So. <laughs> I didn't hear that. So what are <laughs> okay. their ages? They are 12, 10, and 7. Okay. Almost 8. So are they um, boys and girls? Boy, girl, boy. Boy, girl, boy. Okay. Yeah. So have you and your husband, have y'all taught them this method of studying? I know maybe with your 12-year-old or 10-year-old. Yeah, good question. Yes and no. I've tried with my oldest, and I was a little too early. I think this, yeah. and honestly, we homeschool right now. That's about change okay. when we move. But um, learning, kind of understanding, and, and we homeschool with the classical model. And yeah. that has been really helpful for me to understand why every time I've tried to do Bible study with my kids, it was like a major flop, like totally stressful, yeah. like you know, I mean, because really they talk about the grammar stage and the dialectic stage and then the rhetoric stage. So grammar stage, that's why it used to be called grammar school, okay. like the grammar school. But see what's this is how kids, you know, like how we do that education. But in re reality, even as adults, we are always in these stages. Mm -hmm. And so the grammar stage is learning the ABCs of something. It's learning the basic components of whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So, right. So for example, this year we have been studying biology and anatomy and uh, physics and well, not physics was last year anyway, and chemistry. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, some four-year-olds are in this program and wow. they are learning like the basic, just, you know, the first 12 elements of the periodic table. That's all they're learning. Wow. They don't have to understand what an element is. They mm -hmm. don't have any clue, but they mm -hmm. are just memorizing gotcha. these basic components uh -huh. of chemistry. 
So that later on, when gotcha. they are asking those why questions, and they're starting to get to that dialectic stage where they can start processing the information, mm-hmm. it's already there. So think mm. of sixth graders, you know, you usually in, it's like sixth or seventh grade is usually when you start getting into like biology and stuff like that. And you're having to learn all the different parts of the cell. Plus you're having to learn how they work together. Gotcha. And it's so much all it's at so once. so much. Right, right. With, but when we're in the grammar stage, especially for little kids, they just, I mean, they love repetition and mm-hmm. they love the, the basic parts again and again and again and, and again and again. And they can soak it up so much yes, quicker, they can. it seems like, yeah. the younger. So mm-hmm. all that to say with Bible study, like, we've, I, we have kind of gravitated toward this because it's what works. But then mm-hmm. un- really understanding that model is like, okay, that totally makes sense. It Why every time well. we try to get dialectic with Bible study, every time we tried to get them to try to process stuff, mm-hmm. they couldn't do it. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. frustrating. It was mm-hmm. it was. Pulling it, it was going against the grain. And so right. we have focused more on scripture memory with yeah. our kids, you know, just theology and conversation and just really bringing in them a love for God, a love for his word, even if they're not like opening it and studying it yet. Right. We're starting to get that way now with my 12 year old, you yeah. know, like just really trying to help him. But really, I'm kind of more in that habit part right now. Like mm. that's been my that's my goal this year, 2018, is to help us as a family develop that habit so that there is this part there's a place in our day that is time for time with God in the word uh, so that it can have that habit and then we can start building understanding does that make sense no that's great and that's really like I mean it goes with I mean did that help transform how you were writing focus 15 because it's kind of that way where you read it and then you take it apart and then you look at keywords and then, you know, I mean, it, it's really kind of similar model. I love that. Yeah. I didn't realize that that's what it was, but I think it's just the way God's made us. I mean, yeah. we have to, I mean, think if I wanted to go out tomorrow and started fly fishing, you know, which I know nothing about fishing, right. I couldn't just pick up a rod and go. I would right. need to understand the different types. I think there's different types of rods. There's different, or, you know, there's different types of bait and right I don't even know all the things that I need to know I need to know the grammar of fly fishing I need Mm -hmm. to know what you're supposed to wear I need to know what you're supposed to do or not do I need to know the the tools that that you would need to do with the different types of fish what am I going to keep what am I going to throw back I don't know there's even stuff like I said I don't know about but we have to know the grammar before Mm -hmm. we can get dialectic with it is when we're going to use it Right. Now we're going to use that information. And then if I were in the rhetoric stage, I would then turn around and teach someone how to do that. Mm. And so, so, so yeah, good. this is, it's really the basics of how to study the Bible mm. and uh, the training wheels. Like I said, the, the, the studies are designed to be training wheels so that you can keep going uh, and trying it out for yourself. But that's the way you're going to learn in such a way that it's going to stick with you. You know, the whole teach man to fish, whatever. I'm bad right. at analogies. What right. is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. You know, give a man a fish, you know, and, and you'll have to keep giving it to him. But right. Teach then him you to teach fish, him how, he then can, he can do it yeah. forever. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Hey, so great bad analogy. So <laughs> oh, bad. No, I mess him up all no, the time. You're good. That's good. I love that. I love that. I, I just love all of that that you're saying about both both of those things. That's wonderful. Okay, so take me back. So you grew up in California, correct? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. did you have how many? You had a couple brothers and sisters, three? 
Am I right? I am the oldest of four. Okay, mm-hmm. oldest of four. Yeah. Okay, so um, did you grow up in the church, or did you grow up in a home that was not believers? How did you, um, that were not believers, what did you, um, kind of your home life growing up? Yeah, um, we, I grew up in Christian, Catholic school, and then Christian school, so I was always in private school mm-hmm. um, all my life, except for like, Two weeks in, like, second grade or something. I don't know what that was all about. I think we thought we were moving, and then they Needed. we weren't moving as quick as we thought, yeah. and so they put me back into public school. So, I yeah. mean, into private school. In private, uh-huh. Yeah, anyway, I do remember that. I remember being in public school for, like, two weeks. Isn't that funny? So. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was in private school. So, I was always around the Bible. Um, and we memorized it. It was a subject. And for a long time, it didn't really mean much to me. But it's so neat that even those things that my heart was in the right wrong place mm. with it but yet god is still you know it says that his word will never return void and even that all that uh, it was just knowledge at the time it was just another way to get an a you know like mm. it just mm. it still is there within me and so mm. i'm grateful for that um, education so we did not uh culture in california is very different um you know we just didn't, as a family, we did not go to church. It's not as socially, like, you have to do it. And I think that's mm-hmm. changing even in the South. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. anyway, so we did not we did not grow up going to church. Um, and then in junior high, I started going on my own. My dad would take me, mainly because I think, yes, the Lord was drawing my heart. But I think I just felt like I was missing out. I wanted to be with friends and, mm-hmm. you know, just social, wanted to, wanted yeah. to be with everybody. So, um, but through that, I, I was involved in Awana. Like my parents always were really good at, you know, giving me those opportunities. Like it was very important for me to be in, um, you know, God centered community, uh, through school. Um, and then, like I said, going to youth group and, and Awanas and, and all of that. And so it was always, it was always something uh, in fact, I, I did not come to Christ until I was in middle school because I think I I just thought I was a Christian by default. Right. I thought because I went to VBS and right. I went to all these things and I went to a Christian school that that made me a Christian. Right. right. And I could tell you the gospel. I wouldn't have mm. called it the gospel at the time. But, you know, I, I could tell right. you how to how to have a relationship with Jesus. I could right. walk out on a beach and tell somebody that if I right. needed to. But um but it wasn't until in middle school, and I don't even know, I don't know exactly what age I was. I just remember I was in junior high. I was in my bedroom. wasn't at an event or anything, and it just, uh, I vividly remember that moment, just standing in my room, and it, I wasn't even thinking about, I don't know, what do you think about when you're a teenager? Mm, right. You know, right. I was just fiddling around my room, and it was like, out of nowhere, it was like, you know, I could tell anybody about Jesus, but I don't know. Jesus. Mm. I don't, I don't know a hundred percent that I'm going to be with him for eternity. Okay. You know, that probably wasn't exactly my words in my head, but you know, just that realization of the need for a decision and a commitment and a, Mm -hmm. and a step forward to say, not only do I just know this, but I personally believe it and Mm -hmm. I want to be a child of God Mm -hmm. and just sat down on my bed that day and Wow. Pray to receive Christ, and and yeah. I, I I vividly know that that is where I crossed the line uh, mm. into eternity with the Lord, even though I knew all about it. Right. So. Right. 
Well, and so after that, then did you meet your husband later in college or after college? We met, so that was in Southern California. I graduated um, from high school there. And then I went to Auburn University in Alabama. Okay. My I had my parents had wanted to relocate to the South. My mom was born and raised in California, but my dad is from the South and different, even as far up as West Virginia, which I know is not South. But yeah. <laughs> um, so he wanted to return. Um, in fact, he went to Auburn for three years before okay. he uh, relocated to California, and then was there, you know, forever. That was back in the '60s, and so yeah. uh, he wanted to go look at Auburn. I had my heart set on UNC Chapel Hill, but we took our motor home and took a, you know, two, three week trip over summer break as a family and just, you know, did all the museums and what are national parks and all that, but then also looked at colleges. Okay. And uh, the only reason why we even walked into the state of Alabama is because my dad wanted to look. I was just a 17 year old. I don't. I didn't know anything about Alabama. I didn't know anything about Auburn University, you know. Right. But I was like, oh, I'm not going there, whatever. <laughs> I just, again, had my heart set on UNC Chapel Hill. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we went on a tour, and it, I just, deep down, I loved it. I wasn't about to admit that yet. Mm-hmm. But then went to UNC Chapel Hill and just didn't feel much about it. And wow. when we got home, I applied to Auburn. I never applied anywhere else. And Wow. So, yeah. Okay. So all that say, okay, so then I went to Auburn. And then I had a, to finish my degree in medical technology, I had a year internship in a hospital and that brought me to Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. And so I was there by then I was really super involved in Campus Crusade and I knew I was going to go on staff with Campus Crusade. And so I, uh, volunteered with the ministry in Jacksonville and my husband was a student at the University of North Florida in Jacksonville. And so we were acquaintances for about two years, and then we like to say that we, so then I guess I graduated with med tech with my degree in medical technology, and then went on staff with Campus Crusade, and I was assigned to Jacksonville. Okay. So then I was on staff, and he was still in school, and we became roommates-in-law, we like to call it. So uh-huh. one of my roommates was engaged to one of his roommates. Okay. And we uh, were wanting to move out to Jack's Beach. And so we picked a place. And then the guys basically followed us there. And they got an apartment in the same complex. Okay. And so uh, just through that, you know, he was over at our place a lot. We were really good friends for about a year. He liked somebody else. And I liked somebody else. And (laughs) it was just a nice, casual friendship. Uncomplicated, you know. Mm, That's good. And then one morning I woke up and I liked Chris Orr. And I was so mad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it was like oh, uh, he's my friend every, I'm supposed to like my friend everything so now I have the you know it's just complicated uh, yes yes anyway a couple oh. months later we started dating and we dated for four months mm. got married seven oh. months later and so that's awesome yeah okay yeah. and he's a pastor so what is it yeah. uh, what is a uh, for maybe a young mom or a young wife that is a pastor's wife, what would you tell her the best piece of advice either somebody gave you or that you want to give her right now? Mm. Um, I would say just be yourself. Mm. But then the probably the, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of pressure to be something that you're not or something that so-and-so thinks you should be. Mm. Uh, but And to communicate that. That, you know, to communicate what you're good at, to communicate what you are, uh, what's the word? Like, just what you're, what, I think we, in fact, I just got this 
this question recently, you know, what is your role going to be as a pastor life, you know, in our new church? And I, you know, I, my answer was well, my role as a pastor's wife is to support my husband, you know, and to do. And so when we move, it's going to be to be mom and not pastor's wife. I mean, I'm a mom before I'm pastor's wife, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a wife before I'm pastor's wife. Even, right. You know? Right. So my job is just to do what, you know, I need to be doing as a mom and a wife mm-hmm. um, to help him, you know, get into this new role. But as a church member, I will serve in the church because mm-hmm. every church member should be sh- serving in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like any new church member, it's going to take me a while to figure out where my place is yeah. in this church. Yeah. So just because I'm the pastor's wife, that doesn't change anything. I mean, and mm-hmm. it is different, you know, it, it is different, but really it ought not be, mm-hmm. you know, like every yeah. pastor's wife should ch- serve in the church right, right. in the way that is best for them. Mm-hmm. And so I joke around all the time, like, you're not going to see me in the nursery. Now, if we have <laughs> holes in the nursery and you need me to be in the nursery, I will yeah. be there. Right. But that is not That's what not... gives me life. That is not what right. God ca- has called me right. to, to be, you know, That's we are the, the, the hands and the feet and the eyes and all that of mm-hmm. the body of Christ. Like mm-hmm. my unique role, I know for certain is teaching and discipleship. I know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can sing, but that is not where I'm going to be putting most of my time and effort mm-hmm. to be upfront singing. I don't, that doesn't give me life. I'll do it if I need to. And I have in the right. past, right? but that is not what God has built me to be in the church. I love that. And so I, I think that's true for everybody, but mm-hmm. especially the pastor's wife, they have to really, know what they are supposed to be doing, what they're not supposed to be doing mm. and fight. I like fight that. For that. I like that a lot. That's good. That's really good advice for all of us, but for especially pastor's wife, because they could probably get into it and say, Oh, well, there's a need, you know, you've heard the need is not the call, but right. that's really good for, you know, as a pastor's wife to hear that, to hear you say that. That's great. Okay. Well, I want to kind of fast forward a few years and just recently um, you have your, you said you're the oldest of four children in your family for um, siblings and you lost your brother James mm-hmm. what how, how did how did you deal with that grief well I'm still dealing with it his birthday was yesterday actually uh, and um, it's I like to I don't know I'm not that I like to think but like grief to me and this is the first you know I've lost grandparents and you know but some of them you know it's just natural and some of them were so young I, I don't remember a lot about it but this is the first kind of unexpected young death you know Mm. like just tragic type of thing and Mm. um it's nothing to compare to losing a spouse I think but it's still loss um Mm. and it's a it's just there all the time but the the grief I'd like to think of it like it makes sense to me to think of it like this messy room in your house, like mm-hmm. that you, or if you have a junk drawer or mm-hmm. whatever in your house, you know, mm-hmm. like you just have this place that you just always stuff things, you know, and mm-hmm. you always know it's there and you always know it's messy, but mm-hmm. you can't always deal with that. You can't, you can't be in that every day. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I feel like it's that, that messy room in, in my, in my house of emotions or whatever, you know, yeah, it's like that yeah. place. And I, at first when it came, it was just like, you're just in that room. You're just sitting in that room, just completely around the mess, all the pain, all the emotions, all the what ifs, all the, I wish I did this, all the, Mm -hmm. just all of it. And, but you can't be in that, 
it, it's like you, I, at least I have been unable to carry life on and be in that grief room at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah. And so at first, when it first happened, you know, you're just in that room so much, but mm. you can't, it's just, you're, you can't be in that room and really interact with people. Mm. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. So for me, mm. like, especially when we came back home after the funeral, you know, like the kids were young. They, I mean, they don't understand. Right. Like life just goes on. Right. And I tried to stop that, you know, I stopped going to the gym for a time. I stopped, I just, I stopped leading worship for a time. I stopped doing, um, a lot of the things that I've been doing to give myself that space to grieve. But even with that, I didn't ever find myself physically grieving until I'd get into the shower. Because <laughs> it was like the only time I was by myself and right. I could sit there and, and be in that room. And um, we need to do that. But you can't be there forever because you've got to keep going. And so, you know, I, I would feel this guilt sometimes when, um, you know, you're doing life and you're not thinking about it and you feel guilty. You feel like, oh, I should be should be more sad about this or I should be, you know, more distraught today or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, there's time for that for sure. But, uh, you can't, can't be in that room and, and keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, being, do you think a lot of that with the grief and, and the heaviness of it was because it was so unexpected? Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't, uh, you don't, Okay, this is us. I'm not going to do any spoilers, but if anybody has seen even, you know, the I first episode. I haven't watched it yet. I'm the only it's one that really has good. not. It's I, really good. It's really good. So I guess good. I've just been, you know, because there's, the, it was kind of this big episode this week. And, right. And right. you you know, I mean, the whole premise of the, the, the story is that there's this amazing dad and he passes away. But, I mean, over several, um, that's no new. I mean, you like, you know that, that right, right. away. And, right. um. And so the whole time you're trying to figure out how did, how did it happen? How, mm. anyway, so it's just like, as you're watching more and more, you start to see his last words to mm. his kids and to his wife and their last words to him. And, you know, it's all, it's unexpected death. You know, again, I'm not giving anything away. <laughs> <laughs> right. I right. I hate spoilers. So right, I don't, no. I'm being very careful. No, I, I mean, I even knew that anything. something happened to him. I figured yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it. And so. so so, you know, like with my brother, I didn't know when I was saying goodbye to him in July that he would be gone by, by Thanksgiving when I would mm -hmm. see him next, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just, I guess I've been thinking about that, you know, those, those moments that you don't realize are the last ones. And those, those are, it's hard, you know, mm -hmm. you, in fact, my first one, my, some of my first words to my mom when she told me was like, I should have called him more. Like, why didn't I just mm -hmm. call him more? You know, it was like these mm -hmm. regrets immediately. Like mm -hmm. I'm a horrible sister. I wish I'd been a better sister. You know, you just, mm -hmm. you want to have that time back that you can never have back. Right. Um, and so it just all that to say, again, one more time, long, long answer to a short question okay. that even, even watching that show and just reminiscing myself, just, mm. you know, we can't always live like it's our last day. I mean, people say that, right. but I mean, we, it's, we just don't have the energy to live like it's our last day every time, but at the same time to take those moments when we can mm. and, um, and to really remember, I think it's. It's just another thing that points us to remember what life is all about. We are not here to just enjoy ourselves. Right. We we are on this earth 
as Christians, our the the end result, the end goal of our salvation is not our salvation. Mm. If that was the case, then as soon as we come to Christ, we would be with Him, right? right immediately, right? But it's not. He's He's allowed us and chosen and given us more time on earth for a reason. Mm. Mm. And we don't always know why some live. And again, I was thinking about this last night because my my great uncle just passed away. So my grandfather, Mm. you know, passed away when I was, I guess, 10, you know, so almost 30 years ago. And his brother just passed away in his 90s. And it's just, you know, it was just like, I don't know why, Mm -hmm. you know, my grandfather had a stroke and a heart attack, you know, when when he was young. And then his brother lived, you know, a long life. And just that huge gap of 30 years Mm -hmm. that that he, you know, we don't we don't know why. And, and we don't need to know why, but right. we do need to live. I think it just continues to point us back to just that we, it's not about, our life is not our own and our time is not our own. And we mm. don't, our, the end result of our life ought not be comfort and success. Mm. Um, you know, God has given us those drives to succeed. You know, like that doesn't mean success is bad, but, you know, or comfort is bad. Those are gifts from the Lord, but they cannot be. The last thing that cannot be our main goal, mm, our, so our, it, it's the glory of God is what it is. And so if he, God gets most glory from a young death, then the, that's, that's the sovereign one who sees everything that that's for him to call, not me. Mm. And it doesn't make it easier. But I think when we remember that who God is mm. and that he is good and he is all knowing and he is all powerful and that's something I had to struggle with through my brother's death. And mm-hmm. if he had, if, if I had, if God has not grown me, especially in my view of him, then walking through my brother's death would have been a lot harder than mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, even though it was horrible and it was hard, I knew that I knew that I knew that God was good. Mm. And I knew that I knew that I knew that God wasn't up in heaven going, oh, I forgot about James. Right. Right. You know, at mm. four in the morning or whenever, whenever it was exactly that he passed away. Like it, it wasn't that he was sleeping and, and missed something. Right. What He allowed this mm. and that's hard, mm. but it's still comforting at the same time mm. that how many times have I, almost died how many times have my kids almost died mm. you know like mm-hmm. i can i can point back to, to many many things mm-hmm. that could have gone the other way right and didn't and and yes we want to praise god but had he not then that would have been his prerogative i mean right. for lack of a better word right. because he is god and he right. is good and he knows best right Right. So I don't know. I like, no, I I think that's good that you say it's kind of the, it's hard for us to deal with, but it's also comforting in the same sentence, you know, to know that that's, he is, he's good. And how could we, you know, doubt that? And that's what I've seen a couple of sudden deaths in the last week on Facebook of a little three-year-old boy that died of cardiac arrest. And 
and a 49 year old mom that died of a brain aneurysm. And, but then you see, um, you know, my bus driver that drove us on youth trips and he's 88 and he passed away. So you look at that and you say, you know, God, you're good no matter what, if it's this or not, like you said, it's comforting to know that it's hard and it's just like, why? But how could we doubt him of, like you said, knowing the character of God? That's huge. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Thank you for sharing that. I didn't realize it was his birthday yesterday, but thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Well, at the end of my episodes, I always ask four questions. What are you eating? What are you reading? What are you praying? And what are you loving these days? So what are you praying for? What am I praying for? I've been praying a lot about our transition, you know, and um, just the hearts of my kids and my husband and myself, but also the hearts of the church that we're leaving and the hearts of the church that we are going to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this year I, is, I don't, I've never picked a word for my year, you mm-hmm. know, that's mm-hmm. a real popular thing to do, yeah. but this year I did. And it's pray because mm-hmm. I've really felt the Lord draw me toward, uh, intentional, more intentional, uh, specific and biblical praying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself a prayer warrior at all. I mean, I do try to be intentional that when someone says, Hey, will you pray for this? Mm -hmm. The best thing that I try to do is like in that moment, like if it's a text, like I will literally, you know, write out a prayer and pray then because I just know I'm not, I will probably forget about it. Right. uh, Depending on what the situation is. And so I've tried to be intentional in that way, like Mm. in those moments to do that. Uh Um, And I, you know, over time have developed this kind of moment by moment, Lord help me. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure what to do here. You know, like this conversation with God, but have had a really a big hole and lack in my life for just that intentional prayer. The things that aren't the fires, the things that aren't Mm. the, the burdens on my heart or hurts or whatever. And so just the things that need to be prayed for that I'm not because I haven't had a really good system. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give a plug for Val Marie paper. Yeah. Her, her, um, her, I've, I've invested in that, uh, 2018 mm-hmm. prayer journal and mm-hmm. I'm really, I really am enjoying it because it, it gives me the space to be more organized, but mm-hmm. then it also has a place for, just the regular journals that right. I need to do sometimes. It's more like when I'm real emotional, you know, I just need to get it out. I need to like right. get it out, get it out. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Right. Or, Gosh, I'm just overjoyed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, just like mm-hmm. kind of pouring my heart out. And yeah. then it also has a section for gratitude, you know, which I yes. did several years back and enjoyed that and mm-hmm. wanted to kind of come back, you know, counting your blessings type of yes. thing. So it's well, really I, a really great tool. I used her fresh start, like a 30 day on prayer. Yeah. It was the best thing. It was the best thing. I learned so much and just, just specific. And at the bottom, it was like, now do this. It was like an action mm-hmm. step. I love that. I'm so practical. So I love that. Okay. So what are you reading these days? I do try to read a lot, but it's usually audiobooks. I've oh, found that that's like that's awesome. That's how I get a lot of reading done. Do you but do Audible I, or do you do like do you read them from the library? No, do I don't you do? Audible. Yeah, I do the library. Okay. And I finally I figured out how to do that about two years ago, and it was like light changing. <laughs> so uh, now in our little bitty library here in Kentucky, we don't have a huge selection that mm-hmm. probably lots of other people have mm-hmm. probably. 
but even our, I mean, I've been very pleased. I'm not like putting down my library because I love my library, <laughs> but I just know that there's probably a lot more copies if right, I were right. in a bigger city. Bigger you know, cities. I wouldn't have to wait months for a certain title. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So mm-hmm. Okay. I've been, I just went, Chris and I just went to Paris in January. Yes. I meant to uh, ask you, how was it? Was it just It beautiful? was amazing. And we loved it. And one of the things, uh, we didn't know a lot about Paris or anything. Yeah. Uh, it just was kind of one of the cheaper cities to go to during, oh. you know, that we, that's okay. why we went in January. One was because we had, it was just a good time for my in-laws to watch the kids, but also it was just cheaper to get there. And che- oh. it was just cheaper all around. And there weren't. Yeah. crowds yeah it was so awesome. so great we loved it mm. and so I have been listening to a ton of books like mm. set in Paris and, oh yeah and so that was I'm really glad right. I did that because it, it gave me um I don't know I just could see the characters you know right. wherever were in right. places that I didn't know about that oh. and even now that we've been then I'm listening to more because it I was like, oh, I know where Montparnasse is. And, oh, yeah, I've been there. And, you know. It's just oh, that's awesome. Sort of I love that. Really okay, books on tape or audio. Audio. Love yes, it. audio. On tape. I listen yeah. to me. I'm, what am I, 95? <laughs> books on tape. Yeah, you know what I meant. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what are you eating? I'm a big snacker. I love to eat. What do you like to eat? I, yeah, I, that's a sore subject right now, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> we are so, I do have a protein shake here in front of okay. me today. I'm trying to get back to my better habits. But, yeah. With all of our transition, I mean, I just feel like, I mean, November and December are already just, for everybody, yes. you know, they're oh, just rough. They're, it's the worst. Because you're traveling a lot and you get lots of yummy food and yes. all that. Um, and then January was, you know, we, 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 went, to we went to Florida for Christmas and then we were home for a week. And then we went back down and we drove down. We were gone for over two weeks. From the whole driving down, dropping off the kids, getting them settled, going to Paris, coming back. Wow. And then that was also the weekend that Chris had his trial sermon at our new church. Oh, and, my goodness. Wow. I mean, we've just been, it's just been, like, lots of really big things at once mm. that it's not, they're, they're not stressful, but it's just I have been stressed eating. Oh, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> the question of what have I been eating, it's yeah. everything. <laughs> it's like, and I don't even care anymore. Yeah. I keep going into Taco Bell and getting the... Yeah. Chicken quesadilla and a large Dr. Pepper and my stomach is showing it. So (laughs) anyway, I'm trying, you know what I mean? Some, some seasons you just, that's right. You got to let it go. Yeah. And it's, I know it's It's a struggle, honestly. (laughs) It's a it's a necessary place just because of where we are. Right. You know, it's you just have, takes I mean, you're in the middle of a move. Eat yeah. well and yeah. I mean, yes. we're trying we're you're eat fine. down now. We you know, no. so it's once you get moved and everything, you can get yeah. back on it. But yeah, no, you give yourself grace on that for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so what are you <laughs> loving these? Not days? what everybody thought I was going to say. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. What are you uh, loving? What am I loving? Hmm. I well, I will say something that I loved from my from our, there was a lot that I loved from our Paris trip, but something that's been on my heart a lot lately is, um, and I just re-listened to this book was the hiding place. Yes. And I had heard a lot about her and I'd heard about the book, but I just never, I never read it. I never had to read it growing up Mm -hmm. and I just didn't even know about it. Mm -hmm. It was so good. Yeah. I really feel like it needs to be like a must read for every Christian. Mm -hmm. It's just, Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. It's well written. It's a good mm. story, but it's just 
so challenging and convicting mm. in all the all the good ways. Mm. And so I really loved that book. And I remember afterwards, I was kind of like on this Corey Tim Boom kick, you know, trying to learn a lot about her and getting yeah. on the website and seeing, oh, they still have the house there. They still have the watch, mm. you know, the watch shop and all that. And mm. I remember thinking, oh, how cool would it be to go there? And mm. I mean, when am I going to be in Holland? I mean, come on. Well, with our trip to Paris, we flew on Sky Miles. And mm-hmm. so really the only thing we had to pay was the taxes and the fees okay. on the tickets. And then it dawned on me, after we already did that, that uh-huh. Harlem, which is uh-huh. where they live, the Tim Booms live, is like right next right. to Amsterdam. Oh, my goodness. So it's like a 10-minute, 20-minute <gasps> train ride. Are you serious? So we got to go to the museum. Yes. And it was so sweet. And oh, so we've been, we watched the little lamplighters thing yeah. on Amazon video. We watched the Cory Tim Boom with our kids the other day. Oh, and, my goodness. Uh, like, we were there. And, wow. Oh, we loved it. We oh. loved Harlem. I wish we'd That's had wonderful. more time there. That's so. wonderful. I want to go read The Hiding Place again. I read it when I was yeah. in sixth grade. But um, I, I know as an adult... I would pay more attention to it now. So I'll have to read that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, Ren, for having me. Thank you for telling about your Bible studies and your family and sharing your story. And that's why I do what I do is sharing women's stories to uplift and encourage others. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. I loved chatting with Katie so, so much. I'm so glad that she carved out an hour of her day to talk with me about her Focus 15 studies, about walking through grief, how she teaches her kids the Word of God. I love every single bit of it. And I think I'm going to go and rent The Hiding Place again. I need to reread that one for sure. You can find Katie on Instagram at Orr. Check out her Bible studies, Everyday Peace, Faith, Hope, Love. I did Everyday Peace and it was fabulous. So go check her out. Let me remind you about our sponsor for this episode today. From website design or photography to place cards to stationery, go to meredithdesignsco.com for all of your design needs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Remember, we're all friends of a feather. Let's stick together, and we'll see you next time. Bye, guys.